I'm Leonard Nimoy. Join me for In Search of... An Artemis! Welcome to the podcast. I am Jim Gentile. I am here with my padres, John Heinz, Peggy Bennett, Shelley Cummings, Beth Shannon. This is our second podcast of 2021, and we are going to be discussing the events of the past week. We are recording this on Sunday, January 10th. It was a momentous week. For those of you who are old like I am may recall that in the early 1960s on the BBC and then later for a short time on NBC, there was a program called That Was the Week That Was that used to take the events of the previous week and satirize them for television audiences. I don't know if we're going to have any satire, but we are going to have a discussion about the events of the past week, and we hope that it will be illuminating for all of us. But before we do that, what is on the top of everyone's mind, John? Uh, today, uh, I'm thinking about birthdays. I've got a, I got a husband and a baby birthday back to back, and that's what I'm thinking about. So, so we want to say happy mood. birthday to Ted and to yeah. Ren, right? Yeah, yeah. Today's and today Ted and tomorrow. Yeah, totally exciting. Exciting times. How do you know that, Shelley? Realize that, the, realize that 2020 was the I best year of my, my life. I put it in my calendar last year. <sighs> yeah, Shelly's awesome. And mm-hmm. I sent him a happy okay. birthday. Do we Facebook. have to go over again that Shelly and Beth are the two most organized people on this podcast by far? Well, we could never hear it enough. So, yeah, you could go over it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sending him okay. a text right remind now. Remind me, Shelly, since you and Beth, <laughs> one of you remind me to say that at every episode then. <laughs> uh, Shelly, organized Shelly, what's on your mind? Attention to detail, Shelly, what's on your mind? So I um, am in the throes of trying to decide if I'm going to get a dog. Yes. Do it. <laughs> do it. Dog. Do it. <laughs> COVID dog. And I have wanted a dog for my entire life. Had dogs when I was younger, but I just have never had a dog really as an adult. I had one for a short period of time in Chicago, but it didn't last. An indoor dog? No, it would be, yeah. I mean, indoor. And then I obviously. Not like her. a farm dog. No, I, I've had both growing up. Yeah, because she would <laughs> let it out on her back 40 acres, John. She's got a big backyard. She doesn't have a farm. In the toilet and flesh and all that, yeah. <laughs> uh, but did so, you yes. did you grow you grew up with a farm dog? So I had a dog in my we lived in this little rural town, Princess, and then mm-hmm. at my grandmother's farm we had Duchess, who was the German Shepherd police dog. So Horrible um, names, going by in the, the house. way. Horrible names. Uh, did, not, <laughs> did not go in the house. Right. That's what I said. Yeah. So that's what happens. Yep. I believe so before Shelly. Go ahead. Go ahead, Peg. Are you, is your, are you guys the ones who just clobbered your dog over the head with a shovel when it got sick to put it out of its misery? Is that somebody else I know who lives on a farm? Uh, if it was my dad, I it's a story I don't remember, but it's okay. quite possible. It sound, sounds like your father, Shelly. He's yeah. is a violent, homicidal maniac. Blacked out. Before I believe Shelly was part of the podcast, John and Peg and Beth may remember we tried to do a dog episode which collapsed yeah. amidst yeah. massive technical failure. Yeah. Even yeah, more was. so than our regular, you know, episodic typical 
It was the early days. Yeah, it was the early days. I remember it well. So maybe we should try doing another dog episode. Well, let's just wait and see if Shelly gets one. And then we'll do it. Then, well, we'll then again, it'll be, again, the three women who have dogs against the two men who are worthless. So that'll be a recurring theme. So I can't decide. I'm, I'm redoing some things around my house before I really end that, that are going to be costly. So uh, we'll see if that the dog is further down on the list. Hmm. But, but you're deciding now. It's top of mind. Yep. All yeah, right, sure. Beth, yeah. What's on the top of your mind? So I just spent last week helping my almost 83-year-old aunt pack and clean up and get rid of things before she moves. And so now I look around my house and think I need to get rid of everything because I don't want to turn into her in 30 years surrounded by stuff and not knowing what to do with it. Oh, yeah. Now, when you say you get rid of everything, not including your two dogs, right? You would not be getting rid of them. Correct. The dogs would stay. Yeah, they would stay. I'm pretty sure you would get rid of me before you would get rid of either of us. So, <laughs> pretty sure I'm way higher on that list. Beth, you're not like a hoarder, are you? No, no, I'm not at all. I, I think I'm actually pretty good about not keeping a lot of stuff, but just it was amazing how much stuff she had. Um, it can a retired creep up history on professor, you. so it can creep every up every document you, even was if you're important. Not a hoarder. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Beth, Peggy, I'm, what's on your mind? I'm really Go good, ahead, Beth. Peg. At that kind of stuff, and I know we don't know each other personally yet, but I'd be happy to come help you purge. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, Peggy's really good at that. I, I love so Peggy, getting rid you of actually stuff. enjoy throwing stuff away. I oh, do. Yeah. I get rid of a lot. I do too. Almost probably too much. Except but... for your white t-shirts that you have since 1998. Yeah, except for clothes that are still fine. But yeah, like just stuff. I'll be like, you don't need that. Nope gone you don't need that <laughs> that's how peggy got rid of her first two husbands by just right. saying i don't need that anymore <laughs> but there's occasions where you're saying i used to have that i wish i still had that oh yeah oh many times like the salad spinner <laughs> ah yeah, yeah. My salad they are yeah, available at your local grocery store and probably can I'm, be purchased I... online and in fact if you buy one from Amazon, use the link at the end of this. Uh, I, 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 the line I use is, if it's easier for you to go on Amazon and buy it on your phone than it is for you to find it in your house, you probably shouldn't have it. Mm, but that's wasteful and that's bad for the environment. Yeah, but the point is you'll never find it in your house. That's the, if, you, if, you'll never fi- if you have it, but you'll never find it in your house, there's no point having it. Well, if that's you were never organized, been the issue. It seems like that means you house. need to be more organized and get rid of stuff that you have mm-hmm. so you can mm-hmm. find the things you need. That's correct. That's the lesson. Yeah. And for me, the organization wasn't the issue. It was just the constant moving. So I'm sick of moving the pizza stone. I'm sick of moving the salad spinner. Oh. I'm sick of moving the walk. Mm-hmm. Get rid and you know, just so get rid of all of them. And then nine years later, you're like, shoot, I wish I had These that. These are first salad world spinner. problems, Pat yeah. Bennett. Exactly. They are. Yeah. <laughs> The George Carlin stand-up routine. Seriously. <laughs> Sick of moving the walk. Well, if you walk the walk, that's what happens. The, uh, what's on my mind is that uh, the recent... I was going to prompt uh, you, Jim, and I didn't. I'm sorry. I, I lost the beat that's there. That's all right. I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm perfectly happy to be unprompted talk, surprisingly, shockingly. What is on my mind is that uh, the British director, Michael Apted, and I think that's how it's pronounced, A.P. T.E.D. just passed away, and he has directed a number of movies, 
Uh, probably the one that's most famous in the United States is Coal Miner's Daughter, in which Sissy Spacek played Loretta Lynn. But what he his life work really, and he is that he started out in documentary films, and uh, when when he was very young, he helped. He was not the director, but he helped put together a documentary in 1963 called Seven Up, which followed 14 seven-year-olds from Great Britain and interviewed them. And they were from different backgrounds and so forth. And then uh, seven years later, the movie was released in 1964. Seven years later, as a director, he did a sequel. And then thereafter, every seven years, he would revisit the same 14 people. The last version, 63 Up, came out just uh last year in 2000 well in 2019 so, so what's the takeaway did they work did it work or is it like a, if you watch it now are you like this is stupid a lot yeah a lot of people think it is considered like the classic sort of documentary series of all time one of the 14 as of 2019 had passed away and he did later expects regret that that his original selection of 10 Boys and Four Girls was not better balanced, but it's a fascinating sort of, you basically see 14 not famous people follow their entire lives from the age of seven to 63. So it's a fascinating experience. If you've so is ever it better had a, than Boyhood? It's different. It's different. You guys remember Boyhood? I do remember yeah. Boyhood. Yeah. I, I never Boyhood. watched it. I didn't like I it. That's what I love have... Ethan Hawke. That's why I watched it, but I didn't like it. I thought it was well, lame. I mean, I shouldn't I say it was lame. Good. I thought it was good. Now. I thought it was bad. Um, I think that uh, I think that Linklater may have been influenced by se- the the Seven Up films in choosing to do Boyhood. But yeah, I'm that's not why sure I that. mentioned it. I figured it sounds consistent. So anyway, let's move on to a discussion of this past week. That was Wait, the week. I didn't was. get to go. Yeah, you did go, didn't you, Peg? No, I just was commenting on Beth. I thought, oh, you okay? All of that was Beth. Okay, <laughs> right. I'm sorry, T-Peg. Peg. T Peg, fuck with Jim, and he'll come back and get you. You don't yeah. understand. You think you can get away with it, but he comes after I'm you. I'm sorry, wow. Peg. You've already taken. He's up like Mitch all McConnell the time with the agenda. Had for you, but uh, that's all right, Peg. Go ahead. Okay, go I'll ahead, Technicolor Queen. No, What's be, on the top of my like, mind is that I'm bummed because. All my my brand new washing machine got its motherboard hey. replaced on Friday already because it, it was just oh. annoying and it would it what would spin happened? for like if you didn't stop it it would spin for eight hours or more it started to smell hot wow. and so okay got the motherboard can I just repl- interrupt you for a second Jim you faded out and came back but you're still here it seemed okay. it was right, fine I was going to say None of, not, everything we didn't, faded we didn't miss out. a beat you're you're but the only all of person you guys who disappeared. Faded out on my screen. Okay. Yeah, you so, grayed out and then you came back. So you just lost your voice. But you know, we can take this out. We can. It worked fine for us. No, no. Let's leave so it I'm in by all means. My Peggy, Peggy's motherboard was was replaced. Was okay. replaced on Friday, and my um, it's worse. They call it a motherboard. It's worse. It now it won't even, even for spin. your computer. Does it attack you? Now it doesn't. No, it's spin. not doing that. Washing machine. <laughs> washing machine. Oh, I thought brand they don't call it a motherboard for your computer for your washing machine. So they you fixed your washing machine, or they tried to fix it. Yeah, they came to put so the new motherboard. So you were having in. problem with your washing machine. Yeah, her motherboard broke. <laughs> <laughs> 
motherboard. He didn't honestly, they don't know what, right? When they don't know what to do, they say, well, we'll just replace the motherboard. So he came back. Well, is that six what he weeks called later, it? What does really? worse mean? Now it won't spin at all. I mean, I'd rather have it spin for <laughs> eternity than not spin ever. Well, Can what you was, get them what to replace the before? whole thing? What was the, the problem is, before? It would spin for 8, 24, 48 hours. I mean, I don't know. I, I had to stop it. So in other words, you were complaining that it was spinning too much. So the guy said, well, we'll fix it so it doesn't spin at all. Yeah, so now not, all the laundry really a fix. <laughs> is super soaking wet. You can't really soaking put your wet. drenched laundry in your dryer. Right. No, you'll break your dryer. Right. So we did two loads of laundry and now dryer, we had to, but... I had to stop and uh, I'm going to have to call them tomorrow. to Now, so Shelly, yes, to answer your question, they won't do that right off the bat. They have to do all their little steps. Got it. So right. when did you buy it? Um, August. Oh, so it's not that. It's not like you can just return it. Well, it, you <laughs> know, it, 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 took probably it should still be under warranty. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, but Six I, but to you eight can't weeks return it. to get the motherboard. So, yeah, I heard about this. Because it, because it's COVID. COVID. And, is it really called the motherboard, or do you? Is he making that up? Computers no, have a motherboard. That's, that's a normal called. phrasing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But wait a minute, but I thought it was her washing machine. It was well, It is, but yeah, everything has a computer in it now, Jim. Computers. Uh-huh. Yeah, these everything. newfangled okay. equipment. I guess they are fancy. Yeah, I know. It's not like the old days with the rock in the backyard and wash. Right. So anyway, that's on the top <laughs> of my mind. I'm sorry, Peg. My washing that sucks. machine. Okay, that's all, right. so all your clothes that smell. Was, that was well worth waiting for. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. It was so Thanks exciting for me that my... my entire screen whited out for a second. <laughs> oh. Uh, now let us begin the discussion of the events of last week, and let's begin by talking about uh, what John insists, and I think with some justice, that we call the insurrection or the attempted insurrection on Wednesday. And John and I already did a uh, an episode about this, which, uh, as far as we can determine, no one chose to listen to. But nonetheless, since we've already spoken on the topic, let's start with Peggy, Shelley, Beth, which one of you wants to talk first about Wednesday? So I, this isn't exactly what you're going to want, but it's going to show way I I want what you want, Shelley. Uh, So I went, you know, obviously after the holidays, this was my first week back to work and did a great job of not doing any work over the two weeks I was off. And on Wednesday, I'm on a call and people are slowly getting on these Zoom calls and the one of the persons on the call said, I admittedly didn't really prepare for this call because I was paying attention to what was going on at the Capitol. And uh, I don't know, 80% of the people on this call live in Salt Lake City. So there's frequently something that happens in Salt Lake City, like not to the extent of this, but things like this, lots of protests, things, just little, little things, but enough that it gets there attention. And I said, and I don't have, I don't put the news on and I'm not wedded to the TV, particularly in the morning at all. And I said, oh, well, what's, what's going on? And they said, you know, they're, they're protesting at the Capitol. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. Okay. And not even, so I was, it was like in the beginning of the day, so under my radar it didn't, you know, I didn't get any notifications on my phone or anything like that. And then I immediately put on 
I don't know, MSNBC on my computer as I was working on my other monitor. And I was like, oh, I felt like a total idiot just because I hadn't, I wasn't aware. It was big news. Yeah. So in other words, you were were as prepared for this as the Capitol Police, apparently. It sounds like it. I mean, (laughs) I mean, I just... I was I felt like a stupid idiot, but then I was like, you know, this is the reason why I don't watch the news because of all the doom and gloom that goes on. But it, I felt badly. I didn't I know what they were talking about. I want to support my bestie over there and say that I was at work, you know, and I'm doing like part-time at home, part-time at work. And I was actually at my office and I got a text and it said, is Gretchen at the Capitol? I'm worried about her. So without doing any research of my own or fact checking or anything, I texted my mom and I said, mom, something bad is happening at our Capitol. What's going on? So you thought and they meant so like I assumed Lan- it was in Lansing, Michigan, right? Yeah. Yes. Right. So I didn't yeah. know anything I would have assumed either. that too if I got that text, yeah. Based on the fact that you have had previous problems in Lansing. In yeah. So thank yeah. you for making me feel better about that, Jim, because I was... I instantly went to our yeah. um, to Lansing, not the U.S. So when did you actually become aware of what was going on? The other thing I'm going to tell you, which is kind of really embarrassing, is I said to my coworker, I was like, how do you get breaking news on your computer? <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> exactly. Because I just don't. Twitter? Twitter? He said, just type and see it. Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Google News. Uh, you can also just do MSNBC or CNN. That's what yeah, I did. He goes yeah, to CNN. He had already, he yeah, already knew and he was in the thick of reading it. So I kind of saw over his shoulder and I was like, oh, okay, I'll type in CNN. So that's how I found out. Yeah, that's what I did. Yes. Well, I was up, um, like I said, with my aunt. She has the TV on all the time. So we knew pretty quickly what was happening, but... Jim and I have a dear friend whose son is a Capitol Police officer. So that's oh, what I was, I was focused on yeah. right away um, and was texting with her throughout the day. And he's OK. He got banged up. Um, but he also said no, nobody was wearing masks and his mask came down several times. And so, you know, now he's nervous about COVID as well. And so that was it. Just, I mean. Living in the D.C. area, I've been to the Capitol numerous times, and it's just the whole thing is like I'm still processing it. I still can't believe it actually happened and that there was no proper response. Yeah. What do you guys think about that with the Capitol Police, given that they knew that the protests were happening? And Do you think I mean, there was a direct, directive to them to, to not no, I engage? Don't, I don't think or... so, because I certainly don't think that either Nancy Pelosi who can you know controls the house or Mitch McConnell who effectively controls the senate wanted to see something like that happen i think probably you know there'll be an investigation clearly and obviously they've already capitol head of the capitol police has already you know stepped down so clearly there's going to be a an investigation. My guess, and this is purely a guess, is it's probably just very poor uh, planning. And and as some of the reporters who cover Capitol Hill said, that there are frequently 
protests, and I've seen this, and Beth has probably seen it too, there are frequently protests right outside the Capitol, whether it's, you know, for a number of reasons. It's a very common sight. What is thankfully uncommon and hopefully won't become common in the future is for those protests to then go and storm the Capitol building. That was shocking and obviously uh, criminal and terrible. And uh, one of the reporters uh, I saw, and I can't remember who it was, speculated that they simply, the, the police simply didn't, you know, imagine that that was a possibility, which obviously, you know, (laughs) your job is to prepare for those kind of contingencies. I'm, you know, I'm not an expert on that stuff, but obviously there was a failure of being prepared for this situation. I mean, one of the potential outcomes of this is you're, I'm sure you're going to see more visible security at the Capitol and you may see more, you know, there may be less tolerance of protesters right outside the Capitol in the future because they don't yeah, want to take a that risk that something crazy. like this is going to happen. That it was that you know? they could be climbing the walls, and that was like, yeah, I would have assumed that place was trick, you know, triggered with all sorts yeah. of security. Nine eleven, they would have had it that way. I, I yeah, for sure. Was the- Even after nine eleven, I mean, you have to. I mean, when you go in as you're supposed to go, you're supposed to go through a metal detector and everything, but. That building is fairly open to the public. It's not like the White House where you, you know, you really can't get in there. I mean, there's a gate and it's, you know, you can't really get beyond the gate. But when uh, did they put that gate up on the White House? Because I feel like I've seen movies where there wasn't a gate. Well, that gate, that's interesting. They talked about that. uh, The gate has been up for a long time, but up until Pearl Harbor, apparently, this was before even my time. But up until Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 41, anybody could basically drive up to the front door of the White House. Right. That's what I, okay, I was wondering about that. And then okay, after that's that, they started putting, they put up a gate and they started stopping people out there. And then uh, what they've done since 2000, since 9-11 is the street, the part of Pennsylvania Avenue in front of the White House has been shut off to vehicular traffic. I think I'm right about that, right? It's still shut off to vehicular traffic right there. Which I actually think is a good thing for uh, for aesthetic reasons in addition to the security reasons, but not everybody in Washington agrees about that, but I I do think. But but yeah, it's it's obviously there's a massive failure of the security protocols and obviously that needs to be looked into and steps need to be taken to make sure that this doesn't happen and obviously you know we know that five people in, have died one protester was shot by the capitol police one capitol policeman was injured and died from his injuries and three other people died with because a fire extinguisher get medical yeah i mean it's just it's a terrible tragedy and obviously it's a terrible event and it's an assault and an insurrection and an assault on democracy and uh, we just have to know. We just don't know. Obviously, it's too early to know what the all of the fallout will be. But my initial read is that the fallout is very bad for President Trump and very bad for the Republican Party. So, well, so Mike, I, 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 oh, go ahead. I'm just going to say something dumb that's about, you know, how now when you want to go to Washington, D.C., if you want to go to tour the White House, you have to apply way in advance and they only let a certain number of 
people get the passes. You think that's going to be uh, instilled now for trying to go to the Capitol? I think that they, the White House is a fairly, for a long time, the White House has been a fairly secure building, much more tightly controlled access than the Capitol. And I suspect, I don't know. I mean, it's certainly, look, I, part of the job of the people who do security is to constantly, I would assume, be updating their protocols. So I don't know whether there'll be changes with respect to the White House, but um, I do know that it, we're talking about different agencies that are responsible. I believe the Secret Service have the primary responsibility for security at the White House. Uh, but, you know, there may be changes, you know, in respect uh, to all those things. But I would think they'll, I think they'd make some changes because, I mean, if you, they always make change, typically when there's a breach in security, they have to reevaluate and go back and say, okay, this is what we should have done differently. And this is what we need to implement. I'd be shocked if they don't do something different moving forward. And they did just put up fencing around the Supreme court. And that's the first time I remember that. Do you remember that previously, Jim? I do not. I do not. And of course the Supreme court is also a site of frequent protests. Although again, uh, most, the overwhelming majority of those frequent protests, even if they are not legal, even if they people get arrested, are not violent in any respect. I mean, in other words, there are people, and there's sometimes you read about people getting arrested, but essentially people are assemble and refuse to move, and then they are arrested, and there's usually they don't resist. I mean, part of the point of the protest is sim- to get arrested for the symbolic value of it. So there's a little bit different for the, I mean, these people were not making a symbolic protest. They were, you know, a mob, uh, you know, who domestic terrorists. Yeah. I mean, part of it is. Biden called them domestic terrorists. uh, And and I don't argue with that at all. I also think that there's part of me that thinks that they're, they're an incredibly pathetic group of people, but that's another story. Well, have we heard from you, you guys, uh, the, Beth, Shelley? Who have we not heard from? Have we heard no, from you guys generally? Because we're we're locked down on this police piece of it, and I feel like that's a minor part of it for me. I feel like it's much more significant. Yeah, I know, than that, but, but I think we already but, did discuss this, and we have other topics to discuss. So, John, go well, ahead. Well, I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure that they chimed in on that. I want to make sure. I mean, do you that is that I, the extent of what you guys think? They're open to say whatever is? they want. If they have anything further to say before we move on to the next topic, this is their chance. I want Jim and John to fight over whether or not we should talk about this or not. <laughs> I don't think we should fight. We've already talked about one whole episode that I did with John, which, again, I'm sure all of you listened to intently and studied. Jim but, um, was incredibly deferential to me in that episode, which mm-hmm. I was shocked by. So I, in in hindsight, I'm just like, I'm amazed. But I, I, I mean, I'd love. OK, I mean, I just. Well, what yeah, do you I, was also I sensed in that episode, anger from all y'all. That, yeah, it, I was, well, I, was, I mean, I think there's. Yeah, go ahead. I was thanks. annoyed it's, to the point that I didn't want to discuss it, and I didn't want to. I certainly didn't want to discuss it that night. I was too. What's the word? I guess fresh or something. I just didn't. I felt like that's all I'd been thinking about. So I, then I didn't want to keep talking about it into the night. I was the same way. I was like, I want to. I want to see what's happening. Understand what's happening hear a little bit more before I jump on and talk about what 
talk about it again in the evening when I like to not think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Hey, in that respect, Shelly, you're the exact opposite of John Hine, but, you know. <laughs> no, and for me, I mean, I've been to numerous protests um, in D.C. And even when I did, went to one of the Black Lives Matter protests this summer with my niece, I you made sure we had a plan and we didn't turn on our mobile phones and we, you know, like, how are we going to get out if something goes sideways and Mm, we wore our masks and so like, I'm used to protesting in DC and trying to be ready in case something goes sideways because they have been, the police have been violent against these other protests. And then to watch that atrocity on Wednesday where they're opening doors for them and taking selfies uh, and all this stuff was, you could pick up the chatter. This was not just because Donald Trump said it at noon. This was all planned ahead of time. So the fact that this was allowed and how different groups are treated differently on our, we, we do have a right to protest, but this was an attack and, it was just chilling people. to me. Yeah, it was chilling to me to see that they didn't have all the police wagons lined up. They didn't have a better plan. They, it's just appalling. So, Beth, what do you mean that with when you went with your niece and you made sure your cell phones weren't on? So we couldn't get tracked. They drew a lot of tracking of the Black Lives Matter activists. Oh. So we shut off our phones. We made sure we had, if we got separated, where we were going to meet back up. Dang. Um, I made sure she had a Metro card in case, like, we couldn't get back to the car. Is she, like, four? No, no, she's 23. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Right, right. But it was (laughs) her first protest, so I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Wow, I wouldn't even think about the whole tracking. I was just going to say, I wouldn't think of any of that. Well, that's why if you go to a protest, go with Beth. Yeah, no kidding. Clearly. And if you're going to do some project in your house, do it with either Shelly or Beth. (laughs) And those have a moral equivalence that's hard to understate. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I'm just talking about the organizational imperatives here. Before there was an insurrection on Wednesday, there was a bit of a revolution on Tuesday to the surprise of almost every pundit except our own John Heinz, who predicted it on our last episode. The Democrats oh won both seats in the Georgia Senate runoff. The Democrats' record in winning runoffs in the state of Georgia since that uh, provision was introduced is abysmal. The last time the Democrats won a runoff for a Senate seat was 20 years ago by a Democrat, a very conservative Democrat, who immediately after turned Republican. That's a revolution. What did you guys think about that? I was thrilled. I, I mean, I went, when I w- got up in the morning and I saw that they already called it for Reverend Warnock, I was like, okay, so even if we don't get the other one. And then when they called it for Ossoff, I was blown away. I, I mean, I did what I could. I wrote my postcards to Georgia voters, but I... I was amazed and it's kind of like how I felt on election night. The, the Oh my gosh, maybe we can get this done. Um, and that's what, you know, that euphoria lasted, what, 12 hours before the attacks. So I feel like we haven't really had, I haven't had a chance to talk to anyone about 
how great that felt to get the Georgia seats because we were then focused on the rest of the nonsense on Wednesday. Did you guys have a sense that we weren't going to get the Georgia seats? The, 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 the smart money among the pundits said that it was a stretch because, as I said, the historical record is the Democrats candidates traditionally mm-hmm. do not do well in those runoffs in the state of Georgia. Typically, the one of the big differences about this runoff is that they, there's usually a huge fall off in the turnout between the the initial election and the runoff, and there was not a huge turnout. In fact, there's at least some anecdotal evidence that African-American turnout may have been higher in the runoff than it was in the general election, which is just unheard of. So I would say that most people who are experts, other than our own expert, John Heinz, were surprised by the outcome. There were some people who thought there might be a split result because there was some sense that uh, Reverend Warnock versus Kelly Loeffler would be a slightly easier uh, decision. And in fact, Reverend Warnock did run uh, a bit ahead of Mr. Ossoff in the final results. But but I I will confess that I was actually watching the returns on Wednesday night, on Tuesday night. I was glued to the television and when I went to bed, even though the races had not been called, it seemed clear from the voting trend and where the ballots were left that it was very likely that both Democrats were going to win. So that was great. And it lasted, you know, as Beth said, for a very relatively short time. And then, and I wonder if, you know, I mean, again, I don't think that they're completely related, but I wonder if they're not unrelated in the sense that I wonder if that result may have further stoked up the the pat the the madness of the people who attacked the Capitol. Yeah, it seems like the timing, if you look at everything from a timing standpoint with all of the announcements, that it was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. Like it probably would have happened anyway, but I I think to your point it probably incited them even more than it would have. And it was also clear that even by Wednesday morning, people were already weighing in with the opinion that the reason that the Republican candidates lost was because of Trump. So, Jim and Beth, is Lisa Murkowski going to flip from the Democrats to the Republicans? I mean, the vice versa, sorry, to the Democrats? I is don't she going to know. Become a Democrat? I think it's more likely she would become an independent, but whether she would caucus with the Democrats, I don't know. There hasn't been a Democrat elected to the Senate from Alaska in about, uh, four, well, no, I'm sorry. There was, uh, Senator Begich had one term as a Democrat uh, from 2008 to 2014. But other than that, there hasn't been a Democrat elected to the Senate from Alaska for about 40 years. So I don't know whether she will do that. But, but she actually, Lisa Murkowski, once lost the Republican primary, ran for in the general election as an independent and won. So she has a history of being somewhat independent of the Republican Party in the state of Alaska. So it's very possible, I think, she, if she stands for re-election, she may do it as, a, as an independent. She may do it as an independent. Yeah. Shelly, where you are in your circles, are yeah. you like, I mean, are people talking about the, about the the Georgia as being a surprise or is it kind of like, because I feel like in the circles I'm traveling in around here right now, people I'm talking to, 
it was like everybody was like, we're not going to win Georgia. We're not going to pay attention to the news. If we win, if the Democrats win, we'll be thrilled, but I'm not counting on it. And I'm not going to like get, I'm not going to like sit on, you know, with excitement the way I did for the November election. I mean, was that similar or, is it, or were people like, I don't know, what, what was the word on the street? Yeah. So I honestly, the only time I talk politics is on this podcast. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> so I'm serious. Every now and then my parents might, uh, a blip comes up here and there of some comment or, or, or another. And then my neighbor across the street will post stuff. And he actually reached out to me. He said, you know, feel free to unfollow me if you'd like, because I'm telling all my friends to unfollow me. And I'm like, no, what I'm kind of stuff is he saying? It's not in line with what this podcast <laughs> leans. Oh, okay. 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 We should have your neighbor on. Would he come on or she come on? No. I don't think he'd come on in a million years. I could ask, but I am pretty sure he would not. But I told him, I go, you know, I find it entertaining. And that's all. You know, I didn't want to <laughs> go anywhere because I love him to death. But so I can't. I mean, that's the best answer I could give you to your question. Yeah. Peggy, any thoughts? Um, No thoughts, really. I mean, I think people were just like a lot of relief and a lot of like, oh, thank God. but. Beyond that, there wasn't a ton of discussion. I think that my most political conversations were taking place at my place of business. And now that I don't go to work all the time, it's greatly reduced. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Water cooler discussions, basically. Yes. With a few people. So then we have to do can it. Can I low ask the talking, four of you a question? No. So can I ask the Next four topic. of you a question? <laughs> no. Uh, on, we did next a topic. episode. He's ignoring me. <laughs> we, I'm doing the next like topic. We did an episode the night after the election on November 4th. The election was November 3rd. And all of you seemed less happy about the... I mean, you were not unhappy, but you were pretty guardedly happy about the outcome. Do you feel... Better now than you felt on November 4th or worse about the politics of the country? Well, I can, I'm just going to jump right in and say one of the reasons why I didn't feel excited was because I felt something like this was going to happen. And it by this, you mean the assault on the Capitol, the insurrection, yes, whatever the insurrection, the domestic terrorism, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, wow. That I had a bad feeling and I actually felt like. Biden might get assassinated or, and I still have that fear. I'm not going to, I don't feel, I still feel uneasy and everything you read says this is just the beginning. And I mean, there was some, there's all this stuff that came out about how, I don't remember who the weird loser was who was like, oh, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a million armed men who show up if this vote isn't overturned. And this was just like yesterday or something. And all this stuff about, was there truly a, um, what's that thing called where you, where you hang people? Lynch mob. Set up. What's that? A lynch mob? Well, no, like they built the structure. A gallows, I mean, I don't you know. mean? A gallows. Oh, gallows. Yeah, yeah. And I, is uh. that true? I don't know. I didn't do any fact checking. But I mean, all that stuff is so I disturbing. And I, and I feel not relieved. It's not like 
ooh, good, Biden's president. Life's going to, everything's going to get better. No, it's, thank God we, we're not going to have to listen to Trump every day anymore, eventually. But it's not, it, it wasn't just the, for me, it wasn't a huge relief to just have it be a, the solving of all the issues. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why I sounded guarded. Yeah. Sure. Okay. In Shall theory, even on? after, even after Biden is in, is in office officially, uh, I wonder if you know we'll still have not hopefully not things like that would happen on the Capitol, but like continuing protests to what's been happening. If they when when are they going to uh, accept reality? Beth, John, who's they? Well, the people that stormed the Capitol, like, who are know? they? No, like, they I mean, is it, they how are big of a group do you guys think they are? And they're so like, out of touch you know? with reality. They'll, they're, right. They they think they they are in their reality. You know what I mean? It's like they're never going to accept our reality. I know. So, like, we can always be at risk. Yeah. Are we talking about ten percent of the United States? What are we talking about? No, there's more. It's hidden. There's more than that. Do you think that more than that approve of the of what the people did on, you think there's more than 10% of people in the country who said, yeah, that's right, they should have stormed the Capitol? Yes, I do. I think it's a huge problem. Anybody else? And, and the high, the most high-powered people are never going to reveal themselves, but they're there feeding all this Anybody and funding else all of it. Anybody else agree or disagree with Peg? I don't know. I'd like to think it's not, as, not higher than 10%, but I'd... I think it's less than that myself, but I'm just curious. Yeah, that's my sense, but I don't have any basis to back that up or to say. I just feel like it's, I, my hope is more that it's less than 10%. I have no yes, basis John. on anything I say, by the way, <laughs> about anything. <laughs> Beth or John? Beth or John? Sorry, I had you on mute. Um, I think it's probably more than 10% as well, and you saw yes, the West Beth. Virginia... Legislator who was part of the mob. Yeah. Um, you know, you had other. It, it, I think there's lots of people behind this who don't aren't going to be identified easily. I'm glad the FBI is involved, and hopefully they can find everyone through all the surveillance equipment and get them arrested. Um, but I think Biden's got a really big task. I mean, even if we didn't have COVID, he still would have a really big task because of how divided the country is. Then you have COVID to deal with on top of it. And I'm certainly more optimistic now that we have the two seats in Georgia. Um, But, you know, you're going to have somebody like Joe Manchin play an outsized role in the Senate because he's a moderate and doesn't always go along with the Democrats. So I think there's going to be a lot of infighting among the Democrats, you know, the liberal side wanting to push for a lot of really big things. And we only have two years to get anything significant done. And Biden, I don't know, somehow he seems to think we can all just hold hands and sing Kumbaya. And I think that's unrealistic as well. So So Beth, are you... Are you unimpressed with Biden's performance so far in the transition period or or what? Oh, no, I think he's doing fine. Um, I actually like the fact that he stays hidden away and doesn't do too much. Um, 
And I do worry for his safety. I mean, there's, you know, more internet chatter about something happening in DC on January 17th and also on Inauguration 20th, Day. Yep. Um, I think it's smart to keep him up in Wilmington. And, you know, I think he's made some good cabinet choices. I think he's doing the best he can with what he's dealing with. Um, but it's it, it's going to be one of the hardest times to be a president, I think. Dom, what do, do you, you think? think By, I have well, a go question. Ahead, go ahead, Shelly. Do you think with, um, and I forget exactly what he's, I think there's been two recent directives that Trump has given Pence recently that he has not followed. And I'm blanking on the specifics of those. Do you think well, that- he wanted he wanted Pence to sort of just disallow the electoral <laughs> votes, which Pence doesn't have the authority to do. Right. And, and then Pence- there was something other something more recent, too. Well, there was a question. Apparently, it's been reported that uh, even though this is not constitutionally appropriate, that it was actually Pence who ordered the Department of Defense to send the National Guard in to support the police once this insurrection had broken out because the White House was either refusing to do it or was ignoring it. And, uh, and that Pence called the Defense Department and said to send the National Guard in. So I think and, that was probably what you're referring to. Okay. Then, so with those two that are kind of in opposition to what Trump would have happened. Do you think that might help temper anything to show that even Trump's closest advisor person is pulling back and stepping away from some of his actions? Do you think that will have any impact in some of the John? What do you think? You answer first, John. I'm not sure I understand the question. You're She's saying, you mean, do you think the fact that Pence? At, and a, and and some other He's backing away. He's backing yeah. away from Trump. Well, that I mean, there've been impact? other people. Other people have been backing away, but Pence is like his right hand guy and has followed him all the way a, a, along the path. And it's only the last week yep. that he's yep. pulled away. Do you, do you think that'll have a positive impact? Well, yeah, I think that I think that I do. That was a, a turning point for me, and I don't know if it was the it was around that day, but the day when. Trump was saying that Pence should overturn the election, basically, and Trump said, and Pence said, "I can't do that." And then he changed. He un he unfollowed real Donald Trump on Twitter, which I know sounds crazy and trivial, but Twitter is how we talk, and this it's how it's how our president has been talking, or how Trump and that's was talking. A big step for him. I think to that do. was actually after the insurrection that he did that. Oh, he followed. did. Okay, because I because I also heard that he he uh, put Biden's uh, picture and said Biden's our president on on his Pence put Biden on his Twitter banner. I mean, now again, I do I think that particular act by Trump by sorry um, by, by Pence, Pence affected that anything? I don't specifically. I don't know. Do I think it's you know one of the many. Uh, straws that may have broken the camel's back or is, I, I think, breaking the camel's back or I hope is breaking the camel's back of Trump? Mm, yes, I probably do think that because that's when, as Jim aptly put in our group chat when we were talking about this, that's when all the rats started jumping off of the sinking ship. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I think that was right around that time. So I do think it's, it's, it's one of many, but I do think that there was some point right around then 
where there was a turning point in, I don't know, public opinion, mainstream public opinion. I also, the other big thing I thought was a, a turning point in public opinion, this is going to sound crazy, but when the National Association of Manufacturers, you know, a very, very, very large organization came out and said that Trump should be, you know, Trump should be forced out of office. I was like, that was a big turning point too for me because I'm like, this is like that's a, not a, that's a not insignificant. And also, let's not overlook the Wall Street Journal editorial page, which is, you know, essentially the Bible of American conservatism called for Trump to resign. But one of the rats leaving the sinking ship, Peggy, you may have an opinion about, and I assume you think that her resignation relieves her of all of her acts for the past four years is Betsy DeVos quitting as the education secretary. I know that you and Betsy have a have a <laughs> warm relationship, Peg. So did you want to comment about Betsy? Yeah, I mean, oh, sorry, I moved my microphone. I just think that's just a joke, but it's not just her. It's it's all the all the people. They're just, you know, I'm sure Betsy's lawyers got a hold of her right away and said you better get out of there. Um and I I I don't blame her, but I think you should have gotten out of there four years ago, three and a half years ago. You know, all these people should have, not now, <laughs> four years ago. He, he's no different than he was. He didn't do it. I, I'm trite. Everybody's been saying this. This is the same person that we've seen all along. And now people want to jump ship because Biden won. And it's the end of his, he couldn't make it happen, overturning the election, whatever. I mean, I just, it's just so maddening. And I just, I spent so much time on the phone and writing letters. When all that was, when she was being appointed, I just felt so aggravated by her. I'm happy to see her go. And, you know, she did nothing for education. It's a complete waste of time and money. And... Yeah, but whatever. She's going to come out of here unscathed and had nothing. No no repercussions, no nothing for her. I think that people associated with Trump may find that their reputation has taken a hit. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think you're overestimating, especially somebody like Betsy DeVos. Well, she, does, she doesn't need Trump yeah, or his money. She's power, got her own. Yeah. yeah. Powerful family who yeah, and it's gonna nothing in her life is gonna change. In fact, she'll probably yeah. be happy to go back to doing whatever. I mean, I we I have a personal vendetta against the DeVosses, so I'm not the I'm not the right person. That's to ask why we them. wanted to give you some airtime for your vendetta. I don't really have a vendetta, but and they've they done broke a lot in your for house and stole your stuff. Yeah. Right. She was in my mom's yoga class in 1984 and she took my mom's yoga mat. <laughs> she sweated all over. <laughs> okay. Uh, listen, we would not be doing justice to the events of last week if we did not mention that uh, 4,000 people a day are dying, 4,000 Americans a day are dying from coronavirus. We are, as of this recording, over 370,000 Americans have died as a result of the virus. And the big issue that seems to be gathering a lot of news and attention is there seems to be confusion and, uh, in some cases, anger uh, and possibly mismanagement in terms of the rollout of the vaccine. The one 
hopeful thing, the vaccine, and it doesn't seem to be going as well as it should be going. What do we think about that? Well, I think everything you said is true. It hasn't been going well, and it's that places don't have distribution plans. There hasn't been great communication to let various hospitals and sites know when they're getting it. It's been a disaster. And John, you called to our, all of our attention an article in the New York Times about how certain hospital centers are distributing their share of the vaccine. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, they're just doing, they're giving it to management, people who aren't frontline health workers. They're giving it to anyone who will come get it, who works for the, for the you know, for the organization, even if they're working from home full time. Uh, there's lots of these stories going around. There's also stories going around of, and and I mean th- these are reported as well, but I but I have a, a, first, a reliable firsthand information or secondhand information from from friends as well, where you know their emails are going out internally at some at some hospitals where they're saying like, oh, we have an extra three thousand doses that are going to go bad in three hours. Anybody who gets there can have one, um, and they're just there. It's it's a it's a cluster. I mean, there's there's it seems crazy to me. They had a year to plan this, and they they it's not rolling out well it seems crazy to me that my mother isn't already on a list in illinois for when a date and time when she's going to get it and and i actually know someone in indianapolis who is on a who's over 80 and who is on a list and has an actual date and time when they are going to get the vaccine even though it's not available yet and they're rolling it out so i was like i'm 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 out a little outraged at Illinois for I don't know. I mean, I you know, there's a part there is a part of me that's a little bit like I feel like perhaps this wasn't the the this what this wasn't the Trump administration's strong point ordering a kind of mass operational detailed plan nationally to distribute a, a vaccine. Um I'm not sure that any administration would have done better but this this is this is unbelievably bad um you know i honestly i'm kind of optimistic at the end of the day because i do think just production is being ramped up so quickly that within the next month or so there we're just going to be so flooded with doses that everybody everybody who wants it's going to get it that's kind of how i'm starting to feel but maybe i'm wrong so john i don't have any of that intel and so i i'm just going to be careful with what i say but i i feel like from what i can tell uh oh I like dog the dog. Barking. Go with it. Okay, that, that uh, that's Peggy's dog. That's my dog. Hey. That I I feel like they've been pretty well organized and really well communicated at my institution. And again, I I don't I'm not privy to the behind the scenes stuff, so I don't know about the whole like it's going to expire in three hours. So anybody who can get here, get here type stuff. And so my mom just. Well, we spent quite some time trying to figure out how to get her on a list. She was actually going to drive to the Michigan Department of Health on Friday to because she wasn't she couldn't get through on the phone, of course. And she got an email today to schedule her appointment, and she's all set for Tuesday. So, you know, excellent, yeah, fantastic. That's great. Very excellent. Four o'clock on Tuesday. Peggy, do you know? Do you know Peggy if your administrators at your hospital got the vaccine before you did and other front facing people? I do not know if they did. It was not advertised. I mean, when, when we got our first when our first person at our hospital got uh, injected, at least that we know about uh, it, you know, they did like a lot of people, they did a, made a video and they put it on our, our institutional 
whatever page that goes out to everybody. And I work on the third floor, which is where all the higher ups have their corporate offices. And so they were all standing out in the hallway and I have a big crush on one of them. So I was like, Hey, (laughs) you're doing a good job. You know, like blinking Mm -hmm. my eyes and stuff. And he said, Oh, thanks. We're getting ready to give our first injection. And he said, so tune in. So he called it the first injection and it was given to a, a emergency room doctor. So who knows if they got it or not, but they certainly West Michigan didn't advertise nice, man. Yeah. <laughs> they certainly didn't advertise it if they did. Um, I find it fascinating that I got mine before um Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip got theirs. I think that's a little bizarre. They're they're not patient facing people. <laughs> I know, but they're royalty. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? Like, that is a little odd. Heck, you're probably of all the people I've heard talk about this, you're probably the one that has the best most optimistic news on the subject because it sounds like, like at least <laughs> funny. at the institution Very where you're funny. working, they're doing a good job getting yeah, people vaccinated. I actually felt like I was an idiot because when I got the call to get mine and they said, hey, you can come on Saturday, which is two days. It was two days later. And I was like, mm, I don't think I want to go down there on a Saturday. So I said no. And I picked a Tuesday which is when I was going to be back at work. I mean, which is just ridiculous. Hey, if there's another clamoring. open slot, I'm willing to drive to Michigan to get yeah, vaccinated me, myself. Me so if you have another open slot there, let me know. I'm ready to get in the car and come. So. And, they, and they scheduled my first one at the exact same time. They scheduled my second one. And um, there were military personnel helping, which was interesting. We had a, a guy, a military guy who checked us in. And then they had four stations and that were um, separated by screens, you know, for privacy. And so when you go behind the screen, there was somebody who was doing the injection. And then there was somebody who was sitting on a computer uh, writing down who you were, and what arm, where you got your injection, what your lot number was, all this sort of stuff. And then there was a guy on the, on the behind everybody who was just filling syringe after syringe after syringe. And he had a, he was a military guy. And there was a military person doing injections. So we had a military presence. Was which he is, cute? Um, <laughs> I didn't get a good look at him. He was playing PYT, pretty young thing. We were rocking out to some Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. So anyway, it was interesting. And so, because I have heard about these places that are, I don't know, was it Great Britain? That they're, they're just going to give as much as they possibly can with no concern for the second dose, which I think is a huge mistake if that's true. Because then are you just going to have to get revaccinated? Does that make your first one not as effective or not effective at all? And so they shouldn't just try to vaccinate as many people as possible if they're not going to be able to do it properly. That to me seems like a huge snafu. And I'm hoping with, you know, hoping of all hopes that my appointment on January 26th for my second one is actually they're going to have enough for me to get my second one. I would be severely disappointed and more in line of what you guys are talking about if that is the case, that it's that they're not doing it properly. So do you feel like Wonder Woman now, like you can do anything? <laughs> I do not, no. Did I you book not. any flights? No, I did not. I have not booked any flights. And I still have to wear, I still wear a mask and I'm still taking it so all what are you very waiting seriously. For? I think you're what supposed you to still wear a mask until a lot of other people are vaccinated. John. Yeah, but why oh, yeah, didn't you book boyfriend? a flight? You can still, you can still get COVID, even if you've been vaccinated. And also, yeah, just like if you get a flu shot, perhaps you can still get the more flu. Importantly, exactly. 
perhaps right. more importantly, yes. wait a minute, oh. John. John. Yes, John. Which, first of Explain all, the vaccine, the vaccine is only 95% effective. Okay. And, Secondly, and no wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The same as There's measles. a more important consideration, which they don't know the answer to, John, which is okay. they are not sure if people, people can be vaccinated, which may well prevent them from getting sick. But they're not sure that it doesn't prevent them from still transmitting Spreading. the disease okay. to other people. And that is a so more we'll yeah. that answer. And by the way, well, this is we not won't an know FDA until approved. we have some data from after you have a bunch of people vaccinated and see what happens. Yeah, this is a fast track treatment yeah. that's not really this technically FDA. Way, approved. way, way faster, way many years faster than normally things are done. Yes. So 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 we'll the data on the question of whether people who get vaccinated are still contagious, we won't know until we have a lot of people vaccinated. So, so in Indiana, the only people that can get vaccinated are over age 80 right now. I mean, other than healthcare workers, first responders is That's over great. age 80. Nobody else. So, John, have you been doing research for your mom? It seems like you could just... Yeah, yeah she has an unusual situation because her doctor is in Indiana. Because she's, she's right, right on the border. border. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So the doctor's like, seems, doesn't seem to be able to help. So it's it's weird. And the Illinois Department of Public Health has like, a, you know, a weird survey that you can do online. But then it kind of, they start, they, they like throw a lot of like statistics and plans at you. Like, this is how it's going to work. These people will get it. But it's not like, it didn't feel nearly as detailed as what I heard my 80 plus year old friend's friend uh, in Indianapolis got, which was a date and time. Like, and like you said, Peg, with your mom, a date mm -hmm. and time, like this is right. when you come and do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it, it, that none of that is, seems to be, there's no mention of that anywhere. So, uh, I have heard of a couple people over, over 80 in Illinois who have got them scheduled, but you know, I, I it's, it's, it's not obvious or easy based on, um, you know, websites and, and phone calls are of course completely impossible. So, and I don't mean to be condescending, but I do hope that one of you younger folk are helping her because I yeah. do think it can be confusing in navigating. Yeah, her, for sure. Well, there's, yeah, I mean, it's not just navigating. It's just, it's just perseverance, right? I assume. It's just you just have to keep calling and bugging and, and that's what we're all doing, you know, but uh, it's but it, it's uns, it's ultimately been unsatisfying so far. So it's it's kind of I would, weird. I would it's say that my time. mom's primary care physician had zero to do with it. It was all about hunting and pecking. I went around to whatever like hospital the, system. The Department of Public Health is the one that in Indiana. Yeah. And doing so it. like my mom, she goes to Spectrum Health as part of her care. If she is. So I, I researched the Spectrum Health um, website for community vaccination. And that's mm. how I got, you know, whatever. It just takes a look. Yeah. It takes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So you. So that's that's the that's what we need to do more of. You're right. Yeah. But the other thing that you can do is go to your. Illinois.gov site. And there's a in Indiana anyway. There's a coronavirus.in.gov site that lists the plan, which is right. significantly that updated. And then it yeah. also has links to the centers by county. Hmm. So if you typed in, you know, Cook County, and then it would have a list of those centers, and then those centers will have specific criteria of who can get it when. So like. Cook County might be only first responders, whereas whatever, I've lost track of what the other counties outside Cook are, but right, right. Uh, might have expanded it to other people, you know? So it's it's not easy. It's not a... What about yours, Shelly? Are they signed up? No, no, because they're not 80. Uh, so oh. Well, my mom's my, not 80 uh, either. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. In Indiana, in Cass County, where my parents live, my dad can't get it because he's not 80, although he has diabetes, so he should be able to get it. Uh, My mom got the first one because she volunteers at a hospital. Mm. So she's had the first set. Interesting. Even a volunteer. That's crazy because has she been volunteering through this whole thing? Uh, She cut back in the beginning. Um, and I think she goes and spends, my parents have very interesting ideas about how this all works, despite my mom being a nurse. Hey, so John, is your mom 80? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys, we should, we, there's many more, much more to say, and we'll have more time to talk about it. Uh, but we need to move on. We have some, a listener, uh, suggestion. So John, roll that tape. Hey, John. How about an episode where uh, In Search for an Argument record the In Search for an Argument song? Uh, and you can write it with Ted, and it goes, uh, just keep it simple, go from C to G to D. He'll know what that means. And uh, write a, a line each based on an, an inanimate object in whatever room you're recording at that time. I think that'd be quite a good laugh. Uh, hope you're all well. Happy New Year. <laughs> it's kind of a fun idea. That's so funny. Hilarious. Uh, obviously, my reaction to that is that Richard is not familiar with the ill-fated karaoke episode that we did. And uh, that yeah. seems to me to be perilously close to the same idea. So, But yes, we do appreciate listener feedback. Does anybody karaoke have any... The episode was painful. Yes. It was. Uh, anybody I'm else having have PTSD, any... as you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Does anybody else have any... Uh, does anybody have any recommendations before we wrap up? I do. I just finished a great book uh, called When You Find Me by PJ Vernon. And it was one of those ones. I started listening to it on the car ride up to Massachusetts and then couldn't stop listening to it until I devoured it. As I, I think you'll really like it, Jim, but I recommend it for everyone else. What's it called again? When You, when you Find, find Me. me. Dang it, it's not on Libby. I just looked. What's, what's how, far, Libby? how long of a drive is it to Massachusetts, Beth? I made good time. I made it about six hours. So Beth has been used. known to Ben Beth has been known to be somewhat disrespectful of the speed laws. And why <laughs> did you go? I know you went to help your aunt, but is she moving or something? Yeah, she's selling her house. Um and she's been there for thirty years, so my sister and my brothers and I are trying to help her get everything sorted out. So Nice. And you don't want it. Anybody else have any recommendations? I took a couple things. Um, but yeah, she's keeping all the good stuff. Okay. Anybody else recommendations? Uh, I'm in the middle. I'm in the fourth series of the Dublin Squad books. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, I have to read them out of order because of when my library has them so i read in the woods me too which is number one the first one and then i read the likeness which okay. is number two wait I, you did i thought you said you didn't read that one i, I did i did and then Are these thrillers or mysteries they're mysteries they're, yeah murder mysteries but they're not like agatha christie type mysteries they are no they're richer than that american they're, psycho i would say no, I would say they meet Raymond Chandler's famous criteria when he wrote his uh, essay, "The Simple Art of Murder," was 
that a really good mystery, and he was, of course, very disdainful of Agatha Christie, but he, he said a uh, really good murder mystery, the, the mystery, the solution to the mystery is like the olive in the martini. And that really, it's a, it should be a work of literature about the characters in the book. And I would say these meet that test. On a friend. Yeah. By, by, by that analogy, Agatha Christie is what? Is like a gimlet or more like a, a <laughs> no, chocolate shake? No, I'd say he would say it's more like a <laughs> nauseatingly sweet, uh, you know, right. pink okay. lady or something. Mm. Um, Heinz, I think what you would not, like about the most I is like the Ireland. I like both Raymond Chandler and okay. Agatha Christie, to be clear, but Raymond Chandler did not care for Miss Christie, so Dame and then, so I just finished Faithful Place. Yes. Which is another Tana French. And then I'm in the middle of uh, Broken Harbor. Okay. So I am all, liking. I've read them all. Beth's read them all. Yeah. I'm reading, all. I'm listening to The Witch Elm right now. That's not which part is not of the Dublin part of the murder. Dublin murder series, but also right. a Tana French book. Yeah. And then I, I just think, started it. Is it good? Uh, I think it's good. I don't, I prefer the Dublin murder series. Uh, and then, didn't Beth? You've already previously recommended the Searcher, the other, the newest ton of French. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I saw that one, or I listened to that one. That was good. Yeah. You're doing almost the, all the your reading audio place. these days, Shelley. So I read. I listen for fun. I read for work. Yeah. Very good. Ooh, deep. Peggy, do you have a recommendation? <laughs> John, do you have a recommendation? I'm, I'm, I'll just say what I'm, I'm not recommending it, but I'll say what I'm thinking about it, what I'm reading. I'm reading several things for that are better than this. But one of the things we're getting from the local branch of the Chicago Public Library has been uh, Spanish language children's books. And there's this one incredibly weird, weird book called in English. I mean, it's in Spanish, but in English, it would be, uh, can a potato ride a bicycle? And every page is a different weird, like inanimate thing doing something that it shouldn't do. And one of the things toward the end is, can a piece of shit wear sunglasses? Uh -uh. (laughs) And And it's like incredibly, it's it's so really weird. And I find it in a weird literary way. This sounds like the lyrics to the song Richard wants us to write about the podcast. (laughs) That's hilarious. Wow. It's it's on my mind. Uh, But no, it's not a recommendation for sure. I don't really have one this okay. time. You don't have no. one. I'm going to pass no. as well. What? And, uh, you were the one person who had to have one every week. That's what we I agreed. I have to be honest. I, wanna, I just want to, I'm going to go publicly on the record with this saying that I don't like this come with one or without one. I feel like if everyone knows they have to give one, we'll, we'll think a little more about it and come in with better ones. This okay. on the fly thing is for the okay, birds. So do you think everyone should Jim, have to give one every think- time? I just think you should just do it. Why don't we do it? You like doing it. You're going to bring it up. It's weirder to like have the dead air where we're like, uh, no, but John, no. I disagree. People are coming with them. We have yet to be all like, oh, I know, but why don't we just one. say we have one every episode? You've got to do a recommendation. Okay. No, I'll be more you have to do a recommendation. What's your recommendation? My recommendation, actually, I'm actually enjoying this silly little book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressler. Okay. Have you heard of it? No. I mean, it's for uh, it's 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 kind of a a full throated defense of creating things, whether it's you know starting a company or writing a book or doing starting a project or doing something you haven't done before, or just kind of getting out of your comfort zone, and and it's dated. It's very dated in so many ways. I think he wrote Jim. You may know this. He refers to it. He wrote the something of Beggar Vance. 
Yeah, the legend of Bagger. Yeah. Oh. Oh. He was a he talks he refers good? to the fact that he failed in like all of his Hollywood attempts and then he finally made you know stole the book with the the legend of Beggar Vance. And it's but the book is just funny in a, a very simplistic way because it's just like a very okay. like just get to be off clear, your ass and do it it's thing. Bagger, and I like it. B-A-G-G-E-R. Okay, I don't Vance. know the book. I don't know the movie Not or the Beggar book. Beggar Vance, which would make the 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 movie version is kind of offensively racist, but Bagger Vance would actually be, I think, worse than Bagger Vance. So. Well, and what's and part of the reason I like the book is because I'm laughing at it a little bit. He's so I I forget because I've read so much kind of uh, literary theory and gender criticism and stuff that when I read these books that are so I can only describe them as masculine that it I just balk. So this is yeah. this book is very like butch. It's like this guy like go out and do it. And you're not, tough and you're man. Not in the not in the like, good not butch man. way that you used to look for when you were out on the club scene, right? You're talking about. Yeah, that's not. He that's didn't not, like butch. Never he liked butch. twink. <laughs> <laughs> it's listen. Gender is complicated. <laughs> so is John. Am I allowed sex to say life. twink? So Bagger Vance was yeah, the golf wrong. caddy, right? Right. The Will Smith. Yeah. So the, the premise of the movie was that this white guy became a great golfer because of this black caddy who like inspired him. So it was really yeah. Kind okay, of I remember. Also dated and somewhat of. I mean, not like offensive. Like, yeah, it was offensive. There's no way of getting around. <laughs> um, this book I'm reading is mildly offensive too. So I imagined I, I'm not recommending the movie yeah. at all. I haven't seen it. Don't when know anything about it. When you say that it's it, highly it, masculine in the oldest worst sense of the word if you've seen the movie the legend of bagger vance you would not be surprised that the author right okay i suspected it was yeah i was okay. speaking Peggy, of, what's um, your recommendation have, speaking of offensive have any of you guys watched cobra kai no. oh my god i, I haven't seen I, it but i, no. I the, obviously uh, like the series idea that's the spin-off from the original Car- karate kid, karate kid. yeah have you watched it jim no haven't no jim are you recommending it peg Jim, he said have no. you watched Jim it? Jim said no. He said no. I said, said no. no. Sorry. I said no. I'm sorry, Peg. Um, so, Beth, have you watched it? Beth on mute. <laughs> <laughs> that Beth? She's well, I was trying to respect Jason's wishes to mute ourselves when we weren't speaking. Yes, no, Jason, you're good. Oh, it's good. You, I, well, I tried Justin. to. Justin said that. There may Justin. also be a guy named oh, Jason Lord. who said that, but Justin Oh, now you've got a big and there's, there's a you Rachel somewhere. <laughs> Which means you that have to pay for seriously, to all of your track will not be on this week's episode. <laughs> Accidentally, just as a coincidence. Um, he wants a full... Be- Peggy, full... do you have a recommendation? Well, I get a question so, for Beth. It, Cobra Jim, Kai. you're really bad oh, at this yeah, today. No, I'm I have sorry. not seen it. Do you guys know how long this episode is at this point? Okay. So I will, I have to say, I guess I'm going to recommend it. So it's (laughs) offensive on purpose and it cracked me up. Okay. It's so bad. It's good. Well, isn't it a little bit like they're trying to do the Stranger Things, right? It's like they're tr- intentionally trying to be dated. Yeah, almost the new Wonder Woman, too. The new Wonder Woman's that same thing. Like they're playing with the new Wonder Woman. I saw. 50% 50% of it, and then I couldn't watch anymore. <laughs> I see. Oh, really? Okay. Why do you have HBO Max? Yeah, my brother gave me one of his accounts, Dang. so I'm on we with him. We tried to watch it last night, but we don't have HBO Max. You can anyway, a I free think trial. it's funny. I think it was, I laughed out loud, and I hated myself for some of the stuff I was laughing at. 
Well, that is certainly a strong recommendation. I will recommend a book that I just finished reading. It is a Japanese murder mystery called The Hanjin. And I apologize if I mispronounce. It's H-O-N-J-I-N, The Hanjin Murders. And it is written by a gentleman who is considered the Agatha Christie of Japan. Is Seshi, S-E-I-S-H-I. Yokomizo, Y-O-K-O-M-I-Z-O. He is, as I say, considered the Agatha Christie of Japan. This book was written actually in the 1940s and was just, however, just this past year translated into English for the first time. And it's called The Hanjin Murders. And it's a very, uh, it's a locked room murder mystery. And it's also a very meta murder mystery in that it's full of explicit and implicit references to other uh, famous uh, detective stories. Like, is it tongue-in-cheek? On that note, uh, somewhat, sometimes with a little, uh, you can tell that the author's laughing a little bit, and sometimes he's oh, being that's fun. In, uh, that's fun. ingenuine. Yes, it is. All right, Shelley, please, now that we've gone by far the longest episode we've ever recorded, would you please finish up for us? We don't. Doesn't yes. matter. Thank you to all of our humble listeners and for all of the suggestions and voicemails. Special thanks to Justin Mullins for his fine editing and making us all sound good. Uh, special thanks to today birthday boy Ten Enling for his composing and performing the music that you hear at the beginning and at the end of each episode. Uh, thanks to Mary Heights for her technical wizardry. Very much so. Without this, um, we would not be doing the podcast and it probably never would have come into existence. But thank you most of all for all of you who listened through our bantering and our discussions. We'd love to hear from you if you have any comments, reactions, whether it's good or bad to this episode or any suggestions that you might have for future episodes. You can let us know what you think by leaving a comment on our website, which is www.insearchofanargument.com, or you can leave us a comment on our Facebook page or on Twitter. We do very much pay attention to any of the feedback that uh, you provide, and it's much appreciated because that's how we shape our content. Uh, if you like what you're hearing and you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher, please rate us. We will return to your pod feed soon. Thanks for listening and talk to you later. <laughs>